It was interesting. I was sitting next to uh, my beautiful wife and uh, watching this video, and I've seen it uh, before, but watching this video, and all I could think about is uh, uh, June 3rd, 2012. A year ago, uh, Kim and I were getting ready to uh, come out here for our second interview. And I'm sitting there going, I, I, like that flashback moment where you, you, you quickly time uh, travel backwards and you're reliving those moments. And now I'm sitting there watching these faces with names. I know all their stories. And walking in here tonight and seeing all of you, and probably not knowing all of your stories, but many and many of your stories. And, uh, and I started thinking about what just God has done in me and through me and in Kim and through her. And uh, today at lunch, we sit down and uh, we always at meals do our highs and lows uh, and uh, usually our girls have a lot more highs than lows. And, uh, but then our girls started talking about what they learned at church today. And they just kept talking and kept talking and kept talking about what they learned at church today. And there's just amazing moments. And so we come in here tonight. And uh, we're going to kind of break up tonight into several major chunks. And so if uh, you're very analytical and you like the outline, I'm going to give you the outline. If, if you hate outlines, uh, uh, just play on your phone for about 30 seconds, and uh, <laughs> we'll get through it. Uh, so uh, we're going to start off just all of us together coming back to the heart of the church, not, not how you define church and not how I define church, but how God defines church, because that's just critical for all of us tonight to be on that page together. So we're going to define church again, and then we're going to go into uh, where we feel God is leading us, and, uh, and we're going to walk through that. You all have a card uh, on your seat, and so we're going to walk through that, and uh, especially the back part of this, and then uh, we're going to uh, talk about uh, financially how we need to get there. And uh, so we're going to go through that. And, uh, and then uh, at the end, we're going to have a time for a question and answer. And uh, because what we know is we still have a lot of questions ourselves. And so I don't want to say we have it all figured out. We don't have it all figured out. But what I know is there's an incredible team that I get to lead with, and we're figuring it out together. And so uh, Uh, know that in the question and answer time, we might have specific answers to your great questions, and there might be moments where we say, that's a great question, we're not sure. Because here is exactly where we are, which is a great place for us to be as a church. We're one small step right behind God right now. We can't get ahead of him. And you're going to feel that some tonight, especially when we wander into territory where we're not sure But it's great when we're one small step behind God because that means God's leading and we're following. The worst thing to do is to get ahead of God. So, we'll have some great answers to some of your questions tonight. And uh, we will uh, uh, 
promise you that we will not uh, make up any answers, so we might just say, <laughs> don't know. Fair enough? So that would be at the end. Well, let's talk about the church a little bit. We've been talking about this phrase, everyone. And it's so critical that we all really just get our arms around this thought. Because it's so easy. All all churches deal with this. All churches deal with this. And the question is, do they fight against it? Or do they kind of succumb to it? And it's natural for the church to turn inwards. It just is. It's natural for the church, whatever church, in whatever city, around the globe, to go inwards and start thinking about our needs and my needs and my ones and my desires and how I like uh, the church service to go and what passage I want to be taught and how loud the music I want it to be and how comfortable the chairs I want to have, right? It's just natural for it to go that way. And so what I love about Renaissance and what connected my heart with Renaissance right away It's a church that fights against that. It's a church committed to say, hey, we understand we're a church, but we're a church that's reaching people that would never, 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 never step foot in the church. And you saw in the video tonight, how many of those stories were about, hey, it connected with me. Hey, the music. Hey, how the Bible's taught. Hey, just the environment, right? There's something about Renaissance. And I want you to know, I do not think we're the only effective church in New Jersey. I think we're towards the top, though. (laughs) And probably in my uh, uh, sinful, arrogant ways, we're number one. But there's something, you guys know. Again, and I don't want, it's not talking bad about other churches. It's our DNA that God has wired into this church. From the very beginning, this church was about reaching people that would never walk into the church. And that's why almost all of you, if not all of you, are here. That's why I'm here. I spent 16 years in Vegas at a church just like this, who was committed to reaching people that would never walk into a church. And life change after life change after life change. Real stories. Real marriages that were healed. Families that were brought together. Addictions that were broken. Broken people that were healed. It's about the everyone. And that's what connected my heart at such a deep level with Renaissance. You guys get it. How can we be a church that takes this little light, this spark, and ignites it to change lives, to change culture, to change. It's what Jesus came and walked and died for. And yes, you have heard me say that many, many times. I promise you, you're going to hear me say those words so many times in the next decade plus, you're going to get it. Because it's all about that. If I could, I'd preach one message every weekend. But it'd get old. But I'd preach one message every weekend. Jesus came because he loves you. 
and he died for you. And he wants to take your life, the life that God created, to impact the world. So I sneak it in there every time I can, which is almost every weekend, if you haven't noticed. But Jesus was committed to the everyone. Everyone. And so here at Renaissance, we are committed to the everyone also. We want to reach as many people as we can. But we're going to be hyper-focused on the one because it's about the one. It's about my neighbors. The people I'm building relationships with outside of here. My 10-year-old, she was uh, sitting with a teacher last week, getting some help in math. Uh, because Vegas schools uh, have an incredible ability to make kids stupid. And, uh, and I've realized New Jersey schools, wow, they teach. It's amazing what happens. And, uh, and so uh, uh, the school system has been awesome here, helping our kids transition into a new school system anyway. And so uh, Kira comes home, and I'm, I'm cooking hamburger at the stove. This was just last week. And so I'm talking to Key. She's working on her homework. I asked her about her day. She goes, hey, by the way, I go, I go, by the way, what? She goes, uh, I was talking to my teacher, and I said, okay. I'm like, it's one of these conversations. I'm like, okay, let's get to the point, right? And uh, I was talking to my teacher, and I said, okay, about, she goes, I invited her to church. <laughs> I said, you did? She goes, yeah, I told her uh, that you're the pastor and that it was a really cool church, and she would love the music. And she asked where it was, and I told her, well, do you know where Dor La Dor is? I'm like, really? Thank you, Key. <laughs> That's your landmark, right? Door to door. And her teacher's like, no. And, he go, and then the next door, the next door is Jose Bank. And she goes, do you know where Jose Bank is? And the teacher's like, yeah, I do. And she goes, do you know where Winberries is? And the teacher said, yes, I do. And she goes, we're right above that. She goes, you need to come and check out my church. Ten-year-old. She gets that. She gets it. We desire for everyone to, to be connecting to Jesus in a growing relationship. Every weekend, I sneak in what I call homework. I don't know if you've caught it yet. Hey, you need to read Exodus 16. Did that this morning. It's a great story. You've got to read it. Every weekend, I, I try to help people connect Bible in the real relevant way. I can't make anyone grow. All I can do is provide the pathway and encourage everyone receiving his radical grace. You don't have to be good enough. You just have to receive it. Everyone experiencing his unconditional love. Everyone worshiping him with their life. Romans 12. If you've never read it, you need to. Awesome. Everyone living all eternity with him. That last one. That last one. That's the ball game. It's why I've given my life to God's church. Because a couple love my parents 
enough to tell them about Jesus. And I look at my life, about 25 years left doing this thing. Give or take a decade, I don't know. (laughs) And I think about that, and I'm like, that's not a lot of time. And we have an opportunity here in New Jersey to do something about it. As I think about Jesus' life, as he was focused on the one, I think about the people that he came in contact with. Because he was laser focused on the one, the outcast, the poor, the confused, the broken, the misguided, the lonely, the wealthy, the lost, the conflicted. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, again, add that to the list of my favorite verses in the Bible, is this interaction between Jesus and his disciples and Jesus asked this simple question, who do you say that I am? Who do you say? And they started saying, well, some say, you know, a great prophet. Some say, you know, Elijah. Some say a great teacher. Some... And then Jesus quickly turned and said, but who do you say that I am? And I can just picture this moment where this group of guys were like, you know when the teacher asks a hard question and you think you know the answer, but you're, you don't want to be that person to raise their hand because what if you get it wrong? I think they all sit around saying, ah, I think I might know the answer, but what if? And guess who was the first person? Peter. Peter said, I think I know. You're the son of the living God, Jesus Christ. And listen to what Jesus said back to Peter. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in in heaven. You know what I love about that verse? I'm not sure exactly, exactly what Jesus was saying, like right there, but I can kind of imagine Jesus was saying to Peter, yeah, you're not that smart, Peter. Don't worry. I I realize that comes from God. You're, You're not that smart. That's my translation. And I tell you that you are Peter. Did you notice that name change? He started off by calling him Simon, and then he changes his name to Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. You see that word church? It's this little Greek word, ekklesia. And we translate it to church. But the word ekklesia means a lot a pretty big difference than the word church because so many times we we think of church and we think of a building, a structure, a place where you go to church. You see, over the years, this word ecclesia got turned into church, which actually comes from this German word, and I would pronounce it, I I will, but if you're German, you're going to laugh at me. If, I don't know, any Germans in here? Okay, anyway, moving on. Uh, it's this German word, Kirch. And Kirch literally means a building. It's where we get our word church. But you see, this word, ecclesia, 
has nothing to do with a building. It has to do with an assembly, a gathering, or better yet, a congregation of people. And Jesus said, hey, you will be a gathering of people coming together. You see, that that unfolds a whole different mission and vision. But yet, you see, over the years, ecclesia got changed into church, to buildings. And now we see scattered all around, especially this area, huge buildings that are empty. And huge buildings all focused inward, and they've done such a successful job keeping people out. See, we need to go back to this. And this is how Renaissance was started. A gathering, an ecclesia of people coming together with one simple mission and one simple vision. It's the same Mission and vision found in Acts chapter 1. These are the last words recorded of Jesus. Right before, I mean, we're talking seconds before he ascends up into heaven. Listen to this. Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Oh, that word witness. You will tell people about what you have heard, what you have experienced, what you have felt, what you have been a part of. And he's looking at this little group, this ecclesia, this gathering, this congregation of people. He said, you will be my witnesses. To what? To his resurrection. We wonder how this movement called the way, or what we like to call the church, got started? It happened with a group of people that sat with the resurrected Christ. And he says, you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, that was their city, their hometown. I mean, this could say for you, Summit, or Short Hills, or Bedminster, or Wachung. I just like saying Wachung. This is a fun word, right? But that's your city. He says, you'll be your witnesses first to your city, where you live, where you interact, where you go to the store, where your kids play uh, soccer or lacrosse, because we're in the Northeast, right? All these games. You, you will be your witness, my witnesses there in your city, and to Judea, which is this greater surrounding area. And then he includes in there Samaria. If you don't know much about Samaria, that was a place where uh, no one wanted to go. Jews thought Samaritans were lower than dogs. And Jesus just shoved that in there. And the place you don't want to go, you're going to go. And then Jesus quickly gets to this. And to the ends of the earth. Like, I think it's funny, like, He's working through this list, and I think Jesus is like, okay, time out. I, I, got, I got places to go, right? And he's like, okay, and the entire uh, earth. 
Got it. Okay, great. I can now go. And he goes. He's like, zoop, gone. Remember Mark and Mindy? Didn't he like, uh, anyway. It was that moment. And Jesus wanted to make it clear that this ecclesia, this movement of people, got the heart of Jesus. And then quickly in Acts, here's some homework. Read Acts 2. Read Acts 3. Read Acts 4. Shoot, read Acts. It's a great book. And thousands of people, Jews, converts to Judaism, Samaritans, all people, thousands of them came. Conservative estimates say in these first couple chapters of Acts, and we're talking months, just months after all this took place, that around 10% of all Jerusalem accepted Christ. Oh, it was a movement about his resurrection. And so I just hope you know, as we start sharing with you about this plan tonight, this is what it's all about. It's what it's all about. People like you and me having their lives radically changed for Christ and then sharing our story with everyone that God brings into our path and connects us with. With this urgency, because we realize time is ticking fast. Time is ticking fast. You all know our obstacles. I've been talking a lot about them. I just want to make sure everyone realizes how much we're out of space here. And the obstacles, the opera house has served us in such an amazing way. And it's going to in, in years to come. But our three flights of stairs, our one door, our bathrooms, and most importantly, seats in this room. Can't do anything more. And so we must address that. And that's what we've been working through. So uh, what I would like right now is for you to grab this card. And we're going to start at the top of the back side of this card. And we're going to work through this. But remember, uh, we have two possible solutions. Uh, The first solution, and I've said this once before, and uh, I mean it with its due sarcasm attached to it. One solution could be that we start a do not come to renaissance campaign. Uh, I can see the marketing now, and I will preach for three hours uh, every Sunday, and that will just solve it through the book of Leviticus. That will solve all of our issues, and Charlie's going to learn how to play a pipe organ. And uh, done, done. He he really wants to do that. That's a solution. Uh, The second solution is we got to solve our space issues. Because you all are inviting your friends and family and coworkers. You're being the church. You're being the ecclesia. You're being the gathering of God's people, being the light wherever you go. And so uh, let's walk through this. Uh, one of the, the most important pieces here on the top of this card is one strategic project, uh, three essential components. 
And I want you to know that, that we mean that. It's one strategy. And there's three pieces to this strategy as we lay it out. Uh, the other thing I want to be clear on is it's going to be a very, very fluid uh, approach. Uh, right now, I think we're up to eight or nine uh, different locations uh, that have closed their doors on us. And I'm like, yes, give me another closed door. That's awesome, right? <laughs> Not really. It's really frustrating. But uh, we're we trying everything. We're, we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, we, we literally are trying every avenue we can. Uh, why? Because we want to reach the everyone. And so uh, uh, no, uh, even within this plan that we're going to share with you, that I'm going to share with you tonight, uh, we are just praying bold prayers with God to say, God, you have the perfect plan, and we're just going to push on every door possible with one goal, with one goal, to continue to reach the everyone. Okay. So uh, the top of your card, you're going to see Relocate Renaissance Summit. And uh, we're looking at options to relocate this campus in Summit. And uh, I start there to say, well, that also means that we're going to look at launching other campuses in other areas. I'll get to that in a moment. But we are looking for options right now to say, okay, how, how do we reach this area? This, like, 15-minute kind of circumference. How do we reach it? We're full now. Mother's Day, 1015 service. We had 200 and I think 17 in this room. We have 230. 30-some seats, I, I, it was awesome, but horrible at the same time. Because if that was your first experience, trying to find a ch- seat for church, that's not a good experience. And so we're looking, but you all know this area. There's a lot of difficulties to that. And so we are pursuing many, many different options. We're pursuing schools. Uh, pursuing strategic partnerships with uh, other churches uh, because there's a lot of churches in this area that have a lot of extra space. And uh, we could help serve them by taking that space and helping fill those seats for them. It's a question. We're looking at every type of property you can imagine to say, okay. And the question comes back, because always comes back, what about the Opera House? We want to be in downtown Summit. I just got this brand new magazine. I don't know who published it. Maybe you got it or not. But it kind of was just marketing summit. And right on the front was the opera house. And you're just like, we can't leave this downtown. I mean, what a light we are to this city, this downtown area. So we're going to maximize this space and try to find more space. And so we're looking at every option there. You'll see a $1.1 million. And, uh, uh, let me let you know too, and I'll say this towards the end, but we have an expanded version of this. This is like the simple one sheet. And uh, we have a 12-page PDF that's on our website right now. If you go to renaissancechurch.org backslash ignite, uh, you can download that. And uh, it breaks this out a little bit more and gives more detail to that. So I just want to let you know that that tool is available for you. It has Q&A. It has a bunch of information there. So uh, we want to make that available for you. Uh, also, we're looking at how do we upgrade our AVLA. And what's AVLA? It's audio, visual, lighting, and acoustics. And basically, several things. One is, uh, one of the most common questions we've been asked is, hey, can, can you get the services on video? 
I was just talking to a couple Thursday night. They're like, oh, we're out of town. Are you guys going to get services on video? I'm like, yeah, we're working on it. Uh, but it takes a lot of infrastructure. But what we know is uh, so many of you travel and travel. And it's one thing to listen to it, but you want to experience it. And so uh, we're working towards that. But also what we know is if we can get uh, all of our broadcast side, our video side, to what we do on a weekend on the internet, it's one of our biggest front doors. I've talked to so many people when I ask, how did you hear about Renaissance? They say the website. I'm like, wow, what if we could show them what a weekend is like before they even walk up three flights of stairs? What would that be like? And so we're not only looking for space, but we're looking to upgrade. It's really uh, our ability to share what we're about across the internet to as many people as we can. And so that's kind of the first uh, segment of it. But that ties into our next one, launch second uh, Renaissance location. And uh, we're looking to be a church that reaches all local communities. This is such a great area for that. I've quickly learned every community is so different, is so unique, has its own challenges, its own needs. And we as a church are coming in to say, how can we serve you? You're in here next weekend at our Vision Weekend, what we're going to be doing here just in Summit this fall to say, Summit, how can we serve you as a church in this community? And I'm real excited about some of the plans that are coming together for that. But we want to be a church that serves the local community, the, the community where that church is, where people are living and kids are going to school. And so we uh, have this map. And if you're at our Renaissance 2.0 uh, night, uh, we showed this. And what it kind of shows you is just where people are coming from. And if you can kind of see kind of in the, right in the middle of the screen, you'll see Summit. It's that big 83 there. That's Summit. And you can see who we're reaching. We have people driving from Sparta. I had no idea where Sparta was until about two weeks ago. And I'm a good hour from my house. And all of a sudden, I'm literally driving through Sparta. I'm like, people drive from here? That's awesome. We need a campus in Sparta. (laughs) Someone emailed me uh, last week. And they're like, "Uh, all summer, I'm going to be uh, down the shore. Uh, You need a campus there. I'm like... Yeah, and I need to move there. <laughs> How do I figure that out? But you guys get this, right? I mean, it's one thing for you to drive 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 minutes. But if you're trying to get someone to walk into a church for the very first time, oh, that's, that's an investment. That's a challenge. And so part of our AVLA upgrades is allow us to go multi-site and start putting churches where people are already coming to Renaissance now in communities all around this area where you just have to say to your friend, hey, meet me for breakfast at this diner and we'll just walk over to the church because now it's two minutes not 25 minutes. And where those churches can literally say, how can we serve this community and this city with their unique needs? 
and where your kids can invite their friends because it's a simple pick-up, drop-off thing. And so we're looking and saying, where, where can we go? And so you'll see on that box, well, there's ABLA equipment. It just takes equipment. It's amazing technology now, what we can do. Do you realize it was the Gutenberg Press that allowed the common man and one man to read the Bible? And it was one guy named William Tyndale that lost his life. But he had a vision and mission to say, I I want to translate the Bible and get it printed so every person could read it, could understand God's word. And one guy, maximizing the technology of the day, allowed every person to be able to read God's word. We're going to maximize technology now. And so uh, we want to launch a campus somewhere on this map. You might be saying, well, where is it? We have a lot of work to do on that, but we're working on it. And part of that has to do with what happens in this area and what doors God opens and closes there. But $1.4 million, it's all equipment. It's one year's operating cost that covers that church. And the goal is that church financially cares for itself after that first year. And so we're structuring it, we're setting it up so that they can succeed and that they can reach that area. And for some of you, a year from now, you could be sitting in a new Renaissance church, being part of reaching now your local community. And you might be saying, well, Chris, aren't there churches all over that? Go back to that map real fast. Sorry, Josh. You know, well, aren't there churches all over? Yeah, you're right, there are. It's not Renaissance. You're at Renaissance because of the DNA of Renaissance. Again, it's not a better than other churches thing. It's just we have a unique DNA that connects with you. That's why you invite your friends and family here. And so we want to reach this area. We want to go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and everywhere else God takes us with the the story of what God is doing here. And then you'll see this last box, exploratory funds for permanent summit location. And then you'll see working timeline, at time of opportunity. Uh, Like that, that's really, really clear. And uh, I'll come back to that. Uh, Legal, architectural, engineering, and other due diligence expenses, a half million dollars. Uh, What we know is this, is we're looking for a temporary... uh, situation here because the thought of coming in this fall I, I literally do not know what we're going to do this fall if we if we don't have other solutions I mean, already easter 20 percent up year to date mother's day was 35 percent up year to date memorial day memorial day like who comes to church on memorial day we're 20 percent up year to date what do you do with that what's going to be this fall it's it's an awesome problem to have and so uh we have a team of people uh, not only looking for a temporary situation here for Renaissance Summit, but also a permanent scenario. And uh, we have some traction on a, a couple ideas. 
uh, that uh, we sh- we're not sure. There, there are those God-sized ideas that it only, it's going to take God to work them all out. But uh, for us to actively pursue, uh, especially one of those pieces, we, we have to have cash. All of that comes to $3 million. For some of you, that number seems massive. For some of you, you might be thinking, that's all? For me, this is just the beginning. Let that just sit there for a moment. Because what price do we really want to put on reaching people for Christ? Is there a price? I had someone ask me, Chris, what happens if you raise more than that? We will launch campuses and communities as fast as we physically can. Where Renaissance can be a light to communities like it has done here. Exactly what we'll do. Because it comes back to the everyone. It comes back to that. On your card, you have a gift profile guide. And what I'm excited about, especially this night, uh, some of you might know the unique story about Renaissance. Everything that you see here, the opera house, the amazing children's area, the new student area, which is cranking and students are bringing their friends and they're exploring, they're, they're learning how to use their gifts and worship. It's amazing what's going on in our student ministry. But everything you see has been because this small, small group of people have been so radically generous. And I'm so thankful for the few and their sacrificial generosity that has allowed this church plant to reach so many lives. But I'm also excited about for us as a church to come together and say, okay, God, your vision, God, your heart, God, your, 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 your uh, desire, and we're going to come together on that. And as you look at this, we're not asking for equal gifts. We're ac- asking for equal sacrifice. From all of us. This is including me. I don't get a free pass out of this. So don't think that I'm like, uh, I don't have to. No. Kim and I are praying right now about our sacrifice. And I'm asking you, sacrifice. Whatever that means for you. For some of you, $100 over 18 months is a huge sacrifice. Make that sacrifice. For some of you, $3 million might not be a sacrifice for you. And that's why I say, I, I, I've been praying. A group of people have been praying. We, 
We think $3 million is just, it's not the ceiling, it's the floor. We really do believe that. And for some of you, God's going to be working in your heart and spirit to say, hey, because remember, everything we have, everything we have, because God has placed it in our hands. And guess what God wants? Is to give back to him in an act of worship. And is there a better cause than his church that his son died for to heal broken people and give them a hope, not just for this life, but for all eternity? There's a story, and I want to close with this. Um, There's a story, and it's a new story. Uh, Someone just told me about this. I've never read this story before, and I've read it so many times uh, now because it's so captivating. It's found in uh, Exodus, and it kind of starts in chapter 31, and then it kind of takes a little break, and then kicks back in in Exodus 35 and 36. And basically, God comes to Moses, and he says, Hey, Moses... I want you to build a new tabernacle. And basically the tabernacle was a temporary uh, kind of temple or house for God because they were still on the move. It wasn't until they got to the promised land where they could actually build a permanent building, a permanent temple, a permanent house for God. So the tabernacle was this kind of moving tent that they could set up, move the ark into it. And then when uh, it was time for them to move again, they would tear it all down. And so God came to Moses and said, hey, it's, we need to construct this, reconstruct this. We need, this needs to be something. And it's for God, right? So this isn't like a go to REI and buy a pop-up tent to stick God's, uh, you know, the, the Ark of the Covenant in. It's not one of those things. It's, it needs to be in honor and worship of God. God picked out two guys. Uh, and I'll try not to butcher their names. I'll try, but they're Old Testament names, so I'll probably butcher them. Uh, but it was Be- Bezalel, how's that for a name? Bezalel and Oholiab. And uh, two guys, yeah, I know. And it's kind of like uh, uh, Chewy McFluster. You know, you just can't quite say that. And uh, if you missed church this morning, you missed that. Uh, so you can laugh. Anyway. Uh, but uh, God chose these two guys and said, I want you to be kind of the, the architects, the engineers. And then God said, hey, Moses. Have my people bring offerings to get this done. And what's amazing is you read through chapter 35 and 36, multiple times, it says, out of their free will, out of their free will. It wasn't God with a lightning bolt saying, give, 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 or wham. It was God saying, out of your free will, bring gifts. Out of your free will, bring gifts. Out of an act of worship, worship. And listen to what happens. Verse 2, Exodus 36. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Oholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will 
offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Could you imagine that moment where God's people brought so much that all the workers were like, hey, we got, an, we got a problem here. There's too much. And listen to what Moses had to do. Then Moses gave an order, and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more, because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. See, that's my prayer for Renaissance Church. Because when that happens, what God's going to do in your heart, I'm just telling you, what God is going to do within you when that happens, because when we kind of come back to this, and I hope you know this, it is about us being an ecclesia, a group of people. And there's going to be a day where we look at a map like that and we're not going to see bubbles that are people driving here, but they're going to be campuses, Renaissance DNA campuses that get what it's about to reach out and impact communities and people for Christ. It's going to be in the ecclesia, a gathering of people that are so passionate that they're willing to do anything. And I believe with all my heart that there's going to be a day where I'm going to stand on a stage like this or somewhere else, and I'm going to have to say, okay, no more. We have enough. Because what God is doing in and through people like you and me. Because at the end of the day, God has blessed all of us in such a rich way. He has blessed us in such a rich way. We're going to have a moment right now. And again, we're going to come to a Q&A time. And uh, I probably butchered all three of those initi- initiatives. And so you probably have a lot of questions. And we'll get to those. But here, here's a prayer. Here's a prayer I want you to ask. God, what do you want from me? But when you ask God that, ask him boldly. Ask him boldly how you can be a part of what he's already doing here. Because my prayer, when I sit there in the quietness of my heart, I think about this vision and I think it's just a teeny corner of what God is beginning to reveal. Because we all know this part of the country desperately needs Christ. We all know that. And we all know of what God's doing here at Renaissance has the potential and the power to illuminate, to ignite, 
this part of the world. I'm sure that there's probably a lot of just specific questions about what we're doing. Know that if we're a little vague about something, uh, there, there are conversations we're having right now with some organizations and places that, that uh, we have to treat very, uh, uh, with a lot of sensitivity. So just know that uh, we want to be as transparent as we can in this space that we possibly can. But I know you all will understand if we just say, well, yeah, we're working on something. It's active. We just can't go there. You will understand why. And so I uh, just want to lay that out there. Uh, so uh, we're going to have a couple people. We have Paul over there. We have Charlie in the back. And we have Rich there with microphones. And so uh, uh, if you have a question, just kind of stick your hand up in the air. They'll get your microphone. And when you uh, use that microphone, stick that on your chin so we can really hear you. And uh, we just want to uh, bring a lot of clarity, especially to what we're trying to raise, the money we're trying to raise, and the three specific projects that we're focusing on right now. So who was to be first? Um, question I had on the first component, is that still a temporary situation where we're relocating Renaissance Summit? Would that be to a new temporary location? That's a great question. Who wants to take that? You want me to take that? The reason I ask is because the third component has to deal with a permanent location. Yeah. There are two possibilities, one more likely than the other. If God laid into our hands a permanent facility could seat 1,000, 2,000 people, and it was available, it was ready to go, it was all set up, and we could move in this fall, we would do it. And we would be talking to you guys about what it would cost to do it. Um, That's just not a likely situation. So we have to have a transition. Uh, We have to go from the 230 seats here to a facility that can handle us in two services and still give us room to grow, uh, or one service and give us room to grow. So most likely we're going to have a transition facility. And we're in conversations with a number of people right now, a number of organizations that will give us those transitions. And the follow-up question I had, are these three components sequential or concurrent? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> it, it all depends on what, what doors open up and how God leads. Yeah. And seriously, those are two awesome questions. The, the fluidity of this whole In most churches, they go find land, they raise money for land. They purchase land, and guess what they do? They build a building. I don't know if you know this, there's not a lot of land just sitting open around this area, right? So it it creates those those moments where we're pushing on every door and going, okay, what opens will go. Another question that I'm sure someone has is, well, if a door opens, how quickly? As quickly as we can. I mean, it could be, hey, two weeks. We're there. We're moving. Yay. You know, uh, so we, we know that when those doors open, we will move as quickly as is healthy for us as a church and as an organization. Great questions. Hi. Coming from a Catholic background, I know with different parishes, there's always a, a live message from the pastor who's there, the priest. So how would... It worked if you had a second Renaissance location in regards to remaining intimate with the congregation that's there if they're watching on screen a service somewhere else. Great question. Want me to take it? Are you sure? Roger? Rob? Okay. Uh, no, this is a great question. Well, one of the things we're looking at is every campus, every location will have a campus pastor. And their job is to pastor the campus, to build those relationships, to be there on that campus. But we also want to maximize technology. 
And it's just one of those incredible pieces because what we know is this, is for me, let's just take me, it takes around 40 hours to prepare one message. It's a huge investment on top of the emotional investment. And so if we could free up, let's say we have 10 campuses, and if we could free up 10 campus pastors, 40 hours to minister and care for and connect with people in a church, that's a huge investment. And so we can maximize technology. Uh, I mean, think about what you watch now. I watch TED conferences all the time on video. And so we want to take the technology given and also maximize our campus pastors to do uh, what only they can do is to minister to them. So it's a both and. All right, I'm going to go out on a limb here and think about Blockbuster. How many Blockbuster locations are closing in this area and they're empty um, or could be empty? I mean, it seems like we could have a a network of campuses in Blockbuster (laughs) locations. (laughs) Hostile takeover. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. No, that's actually, that's, yeah, great. Uh, Could, uh, hey, honey. I love you. <laughs> She's like, oh, I just got, could you grab a pen and just jot down these thoughts for me, please? Oh, everyone give it up for my wife. She's awesome. Cool. But that's a great, great thought. Another question back here. How will we be reaching those that aren't here tonight with this amount of detail? Uh, uh, two things. One, we're recording tonight. Second of all, is this coming Sunday... Uh, June 10th, I will be taking a portion of the Sunday morning. It's actually probably going to be more of an elongated message, and uh, I will be taking probably 10 or 15 minutes to dive into this whole thing. So uh, you all get all the details and the interaction, and next weekend everyone's going to be part of of what we're doing here. And the information is also available on our website. There's a button, red button, that says Ignite. It's live now, and most of the information is there. Uh, The rest of it will be up tomorrow or Tuesday, and there's also information on our blog. So if you've got folks who have not been here or if you're not taking notes and you have any questions, there are pages and pages of details available on the website for uh, folks tonight and those who are not here tonight. And I would say, too, is we need you sharing this information, and we're all available. I will meet with anyone. I know Clay will meet with anyone. Uh, Rob and Roger have uh, very busy lives. But in their free seconds of life, they would meet with anyone. But we want to be available, especially Clay and I, very available to sit down, meet, interact, ask, you know, answer questions the best as we can. Other questions? I'm sure if you have one, someone else has the same question. Uh, I've not attended Liquid, but I've you know, gone to their website, checked it out a little bit. And so I just wonder, have we considered doing something with them? Because I know that they're doing something very similar to this where they're opening up satellite locations. And I, it just based on what I've seen on the website, it seems that they, you know, it's, their hearts are in the very same place as ours as far as their uh, being Christ-centered. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had a couple conversations with Tim Lucas at Liquid, and uh, what they're doing is amazing. Uh, it really is. Uh, I think that there's a, a different DNA, not good or bad, just different DNA. If you've ever attended Liquid and Renaissance, we're just different. But yet, we have the same kind of mission to reach people outside of our walls. 
And so we really see that we, uh, we complement each other uh, in a great way. And, and uh, you know, we had a network of churches in Vegas, and we all said, hey, let's together reach Vegas. And when churches leading arms like this, it's great because we all know, I mean, probably many of you have visited different churches on your journey to Renaissance, but there's something that grabbed your heart here. And, uh, and so there'll be the same thing. We have, uh, there was a bubble up there of people driving from Morristown here. And I, I know of some people that live here that drive to Morristown, to Liquid. And it's like, that's awesome. So yeah, I, I would say we complement each other and we're definitely saying, hey, let's go after this together. Great question. Julie, and then we'll come down. Um, I just had a question. When we do get to the point of opening up another campus, um, let's just say it's in Madison or Basking Ridge or something, would those campuses be able to continue to have connection with the people at Summit and have a giant church um, gathering, per se, every month? Or how is that going to stay connected, if you will? Yeah, that, uh, that, what's, what's interesting about that question is I think that's a discovery process for every church. And uh, because one of the things we know is, is, is there's something about uh, you want to keep churches smaller because you want that inner connection with people. Uh, Kim and I, uh, we would go to our Summerlin campus, uh, which is located on the uh, west side of Vegas. And uh, we loved that campus because we walked on and it was, we were able to connect in a different way. And so... Uh, uh, we know that that uh, we know that there's going to be different campuses that are reaching, but yet we need to solve that thought of how do we come together. So it could be things like Easter, it could be things like Christmas concert, like there's all these different moments where we can come back together. But yet, what gives it so much uh, connectivity is those people living around the area area where they do life together. So uh, yes. We're going to have to work through that. Yes, that's a challenge. And yes, it's a great challenge that we're going to have, have to have. It's a great question. Hi. Um, my question is, I, I assume the, the number one focus was for the current location, looking for a new permanent location. Uh, let's just say that location were found, and I don't think you're going to find a building that's going to open up. I think you're going to do what you see with the residential homes where... Um, structures are going to be knocked down. You're going to be looking to the town of Summit to extend zoning uh, from something that would not be acceptable for a church today that would be, just as there's something going on in Short Hills um, right now where they're in a residential area. Um, a temple is in a, or they're trying to, I think, I don't know the whole story, but they're trying to put a temple in a residential neighborhood. And obviously it's been going on for years and they're talking about changing zoning. I assume something like that would have to happen because there is no more land, like you say. There obviously are no costs um, associated with that, that permanent solution. The $500,000 here is just to kind of uh, do the homework to, to find that location and do some, uh, get some preliminary ideas as to what that's going to cost. Um, is... Are the um, remote locations, whether they be just audio, video, um, is that a short-term attempt to get people from coming here on Sunday so you have more room, you free up space here? Um, 
um, so that um, we can ride this, uh, the Renaissance location here a little bit longer? Or is that in addition to the, the primary uh, goal of finding a, a new permanent location for Summit? It's just that um, once you find that permanent location, it's going to cost a fortune to build it unless you're going to take on debt uh, to buy that structure. That's not even in these numbers. So um, having a financial hat on, um, if you're having a hard time funding the Renaissance Church, um, um, how are you going to fund anything more? I'm sorry that was such a long-winded yeah. question. I, yeah, I, let, but both are very, very good. I, I hear two questions. One is, uh, does us launching a regional multi-site campus help relieve pressure here as we try to find a longer-term solution here? Second one is, with the financial um, challenges here at this campus and us launching more campuses, does that kind of... Uh, uh, complicate what we're trying to do here financially. Did I sum those two up? Yeah. Okay. Does anyone want to? Well, you want me to give it a shot? Yeah. I think it's a it's it's a great great pair of questions. First off, uh, launching regional campuses will help a little bit with the uh, crowding situation here, but not enough. So we need to take other steps as well. So if we were to launch one and pick your location, north, south, east, west, you know, if uh, thirty, fifty. Uh, you know, families uh, went off and helped launch that. That would be great in terms of helping relieve overcrowding here, and it would be necessary for a core there, but it's not really a long-term solution. As Chris was saying earlier, our primary goal in launching the regional campuses is to have Renaissance local to everyone, and Renaissance Summit is not local to everyone, so we want to have Renaissance local to everyone. So that's the primary goal of those Secondarily, yes, there is an overcrowding reduction benefit, but it's not sufficient to take care of that. In terms of the long-term question of, you know, what's it going to cost to do the permanent Renaissance Summit location, and how can we do that? As Chris was saying, you know, $3 million in one sense is the tip of what we need, but it's also the tip of what we think that God is going to do. And church after church after church has seen as they launch a capital campaign like this, it becomes a synergistic kind of a relationship where God excites all of us about what he's doing here, and then uh, he provides the money through his people to meet those particular needs. So we're, not, uh, we're looking at it in a very sober way, recognizing that, yeah, there's a lot more money beyond $3 million if we were going to be, uh, when the time comes, for the permanent Renaissance Summit location but we do believe that God is able to provide those funds and that he will. We're trusting, we're praying, and we're excited about the opportunities that he's giving us. Great. Uh, second question, as far as the, the operating budget here, we have an active plan. Over the next five years, we need to increase our operating budget here at the Summit Campus by $400,000 a year. It's a real, again, one of the biggest blessings has been the seed money here. Uh, that has enabled Renaissance, a church plant, to thrive. I can't say enough how much a blessing that generosity has been for this church. Uh, Most churches close up because of the financial pressures on that church plant. And this church has been able to thrive because of it. But also, it's time for us as a church to own that together. And we really believe that both can be done. Because if we just pull back and say we have to focus just on the operating budget then guess what happens 
to our mission as a church. We now become inward focus. And we just stop. And I, don't, I, I really do not believe God will honor that. So we're saying with wisdom, with a lot of financial guidance, uh, a lot of great leadership around this picture is we can do both. And we really believe that. And that's not just sticking your head in the sand and saying, okay, God, please do something. He is going to do something. But we really believe that we're going to keep our mission focused on what it has to be about and take care of this. And that's why the, the churches we launch within a year, they'll be financially responsible for their campus. And we're setting up the structure so that they will be. Great questions, by the way. Thank you. No one? Yeah, I have a question. Um, first of all, I, tonight I thought was going to be standing room only. And I have to say, I mean, if we're full for so many services, because I, I actually thought there would be a lot more people here, which disappoints me a little bit because of how excited we are about Renaissance. Um, my question is for the stewardship campaign, is this considered an endowment fund? Is it going to kind of, how, how is it going to work? And I didn't see the 12-page PDF file that you have on it, but could you speak a little bit about that? Is it, a, is it an endowment fund that you're going to keep building on, that you're going to use, or are you going to use the principle of it, or how is it going to work? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, it's not an endowment. I'm not a expert on this stuff, but I think what you mean by an endowment, are we going to take the $3 million, put it in a bank, invest it, and, and take X percent, 5 percent, which would be $150,000 a year off of it and use that 150000 No. We're, we're going to use that full $3 million as laid out here over the next 18 months is our expectation. Now, uh, t- to be clear and to tie back into something Chris was explaining about the operating budget just a minute ago, um, one way to think about this is we're going to uh, meet our operating budget goals year in, year out, starting this year, by people giving more out of their regular income. Uh, and that's a year-after-year thing. For this capital campaign, this is a one-time request, and we would expect people to think about the savings they've put aside and taking some of their savings and contributing it here. And to, to the point of the earlier question, it may be two, three years down the road, four years down the road, when we may have to uh, raise a lot more to put, build or renovate or whatever our permanent summit location, right? That will be another sort of one-time capital campaign for that at that time, uh, which we'll want people to be expecting. Hmm. Am I first? Okay. Um, I heard that when we find another location here, if I heard right, we would still keep this location, correct? I, I like your answer, Yes. <laughs> uh, for the period of time that we have the lease here, yes. Okay. Uh, and the, I'll say the loose plan is our belief is that we'll be able to use this effectively as we're using the other facility that we're transitioning through. Uh, now, God willing, we have something that's, that's better. We will still use this, but we'll use it in a different way. Okay. Is there a plan being made for what this will be used for, or is that... It all depends on what the next piece is. Um, like we're talking to somebody that's reasonably close, uh, and if that was to work out, this could become uh, different things on different days of the week and potentially more of the student ministry. And then the main group would move over to the other church uh, or the location. Uh, that would be one possibility. But it really depends on what the next facility is, uh, how we'd use this. 
How is this transition going to affect the children's ministry? As little as possible. Uh, will it be there's children's programs at the other location as well? Or will it be yes. primarily? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. We will have uh, our awesome children's ministry both in Summit, whether it is uh, whether for as long as we're in the Opera House, we will have it in any temporary location and we'll have it in any permanent location. And a regional campus would not be Renaissance if we didn't have an awesome children's ministry and an outstanding student ministry as well there. So that's part of who we are as Renaissance is children's ministry, student ministry, ministry to adults as well. And so all three components are an essential part of Renaissance. And so wherever we are located, we'll have that. Let me add a, a personal note because I'm, I'm – I'm, Appropriately, I think, sensing some concern, some skepticism is as we plant multi-sites, as we move to a different temporary facility or permanent facility, we're, we're gonna, the quality and the effectiveness of what Renaissance does is going to go down. And it's just the opposite. You, you guys probably don't realize it. We are so constrained now by the limits of this facility. Um, not only do we have 1015 service filling up often, I don't know if you've seen the Elevate space for the, the teens, the, the junior high and high schools. Those guys are packed wall to wall the first time they met. And so we're just, and we, and in terms of uh, uh, Bible studies or Sunday school classes or small group areas for adults, we have zero space here to do this. And so I think you, you can be appropriately skeptical okay, until you see it happen. Um, but please go with an open mind. We think that what's going to happen, our goal, and frankly, our criterion for what's going to happen is there's going to be an upgrade in the quality of the ministry because we'll have better space where we can do more things for more people. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to throw no, that that's in. That's great. That's great. Another question. My compliments on the way you've uh, presented this tonight. I mean, it's been very inspiring. Uh, one thing about Renaissance is, you said it, our DNA were a little, little bit different. Uh, this seems like a very traditional capital campaign. Have we entertained <laughs> some more innovative ways uh, to raise capital? Uh, silent, you know, silent auction, a big garage sale, my basement's full of stuff. <laughs> but you understand. Whose garage do you want us to sell? <laughs> Surely someone has a Picasso laying in their basement. <laughs> Just blow the dust off of it. It's it's good. It's, Do you want me to start? Or yeah. Is, all right. Um, we we talked about a variety of ways. In fact, we talked specifically about Rena- Renaissance is a bit of a progressive, innovative style church with a traditional message. Should we come up with a more uh, progressive? style of raising capital. We, we considered having people pull out their credit cards as they walked in the door and swiping them. Um, no, but, you know, I think it comes back to what Chris share, shared in his message tonight, which is the, the, the biblical way of doing this is having God's people give. Um, not, not just because that's the model, and that seems to be the traditional way, but Chris has said it so many times and said it better than I can, which is that what God wants for you, not from you. By each of us giving both individually and corporately, uh, there are amazing things done in our hearts, in our lives, in how we, uh, how we commit ourselves to God and walking with him. And that's my answer to the question, but Chris. Yeah. You... No, and I would just add on to that. Is, uh, uh, what we know is, is, and that's why I love that story, you know, in Exodus 36, when God's people come together and they give uh, to him in an act of worship. 
there's no stopping what can get done. And uh, I mean, we know that God wants to, to, to work in a major way in this area. He already is. And uh, we just want to see God work through all of us. And uh, because what happens there is not just about money. And that's what we have to come away with. It's, it's what God's going to do in every single person. And that's why it's about equal sacrifice and uh, what God wants to do in people's hearts. Uh, because if he gets your heart, he gets everything. And so we, we kind of see this as a major spiritual growth side to Renaissance Church. Great question. Okay, uh, a couple more. I'm looking at the time, and uh, let, let me say this. I know that uh, all of us are going to be available, and I'll share a couple thoughts, but if we could do two more questions, and then i got about 60 seconds, and then i uh, uh, got a question here, and then... Yes, up and above our financial commitment, will there be other opportunities for us to get involved over the next 18 months in this plan? Could you expand that a little bit? Up and above making the financial commitment that you're speaking to tonight, will there be opportunities where we we can get involved with the planning for this? Oh, the specifics? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we've been uh, working on a lot is is, uh, providing just for – very specific areas for people to serve, to use their talents and their passions uh, to be part of the church. And that's one, one of the things I didn't have time to get into, but what I love about Exodus 36 is people brought their goods, their linens, the things they made you know, as an act of offering. And what I love about that is you, there's this big, long list in Exodus 35 and 36 of all the things that people were bringing to God in the act of worship. And so uh, absolutely, and uh, what we know is as... Uh, as we progress in these plans, there's going to be a lot of areas. We're going to look for our launch teams that will be willing to go and help launch a, a church campus. If you've never been part of it, it's hard work, but it's such an amazing experience when you're there on the ground setting up for the very first Sunday and people roll in for the first time. There's nothing like it. I've been part of multiple church launches. And so, yes, for you as Summit Campus, we're going to need a lot of you who are like, I'll go, I will serve kind of with the hat of a missionary, I'm going to help launch this church in this area. And so, yes, we'll have those things, uh, those areas. One more question. Um, there's a law in existence as far as building national monuments and things like that, and that is you don't start the construction until you have the money first. But listening to what's been said tonight, we're ready to move very, very quickly. It's an 18-month capital plan. So is there a minimal amount of money we need to take the first step? or how, Is there a sequence? Maybe you can go into that just a little. Because uh, one of the things that Roger said was that if there's an opportunity right now, we'll hop on it. So how, how would we do that if there was an opportunity right now? Well, that's a great question. Rob, do you want to jump into that? Sure. It's a great question. Uh, part of what Chris is going to share is getting pledges back from people with some indication of timeline of when they'd fund those pledges. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't know yet until we see those back whether we think that covers sort of the expected outlay of expenses. It may, it may not. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if it doesn't, I think we've got enough committed people who if we went to them, they'd sort of bridge that funding earlier. And, but if, if, if Roger's promise that we get this fabulous permanent location in like the next six weeks, but we need a few million dollars to repair it and make it fit for us, you know, we'll come back to the congregation if, if uh, we've got good news like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all of you received 
I sat on my card. I'll use this card. That looks prettier. Look at that. That's, eh, I'll toss that back there. Uh, for some of you, uh, uh, you're going to look at this uh, kind of gift profile guide, and you're going to look at 18 months, and that's what's going to require from you, 18 months of giving. Uh, for Kim and I, that's going to be us. We're going to find ourselves on this chart, and over the next 18 months, we're going to sacrifice greatly for this place. And for some of you, that's you. For some of you, uh, just where you are uh, kind of positionally, uh, financially right now in life, where you could just give a gift now. And this is going to kind of get back to the heart of your question. And uh, for some of you, whether that's stocks or maybe that's your savings, where you can just give a gift now. And, uh, and we need that now. And so there's kind of this push and pull where we want to, again, lead out and say, God, we believe you're going to do this. And we really do. It's not, again, it's not blind faith. It's, we believe that God has given us a plan and a vision, and we are going after it the best we can. And so we want to do that, but yet we also have to be fiscally responsible in this plan. And so for some of you, uh, you can do that, that now. Uh, out of your savings, out of stocks, out of your liquid assets. For some of you, it's going to be an 18-month approach. And so uh, what we're asking for you is this, simply is this, is for you to pray. This is... We can't say it enough. This is your act of worship. We're going to accomplish reaching people for Christ. I'm just telling you that right now. That's not going to stop. If we get $2, if we get $20 million, we're going to reach people. One is going to make it a little bit easier. Which one? Which one? Yeah, I don't know. Man, that's a good... Which one was the comment? Uh, but we're, we're going to. But I really, really believe... Us as a board, a staff, really believe that what God wants to do through Renaissance. And that's why we believe that this is just the beginning. And so we just ask you to prayerfully consider what that is. We are all available. We'd love to meet with you because what we know is there's a lot of questions. This is a very fluid, fluid and that, it was one of the most difficult things for me personally tonight. It's like, what do I share? How do I share? I'd love to say, we got land. Let's buy it. Right? That, that's great. And we're like, well, we got ideas. <laughs> I know. It's like that. But right, that's, that's what it is. Because right now, every day, things are, we're getting new leads, new opportunities, new conversations. I got two uh, lunches, coffees next week. Potentially could be game changers potentially could be shut doors. I'm just telling you, pray. I, pray for, for me next week. I had one open door that I, I, I was shocked. You, you, these three guys got the email. I'm like, and another open door. It was all on Thursday, open doors. I'm like, yes. I don't know what that means. I'm rushing through them. And so uh, we, we, I can't, amazing teams of people pushing on everything, having every conversation you can imagine. So I ask for you to perfectly consider how to be a part of what God's doing. And uh, I would love on, not would love, on June 24th, uh, we're going to announce where we are in pledges and gifts. And uh, I'm going to share this with the church next week and uh, with everyone that comes. And then we'll talk about it again the 17th. A couple things. One is you can fill out this card and uh, you can put it in an envelope, mail it to us. You can drop it on the offering box. You can hand it to me. Uh, however you want to get this to us, that's great. There's also 
because uh, we really love QR codes. Uh, they're really cool. There's one right there. That's what that little thing is. You can scan that with your phone. It'll bring up uh, a form online, secure, and you can just fill out your information. So you don't even have to do anything with this card. You can, technology, I tell you, it's amazing. So you scan it, it brings up a form, fill it out, hit send, it'll, it'll, it'll get to us. And uh, you can go to renaissancechurch.org backslash ignite. There's a lot of information including the, the expanded PDF doc that has a lot of Q&A and talks about our leadership, our stewardship team, our, our capacity team, our board, our staff, how we're all working together for that. So there's, there's a, also a several pages about just stewardship and generosity and uh, kind of uh, what the Bible says about it. So it's a, great, it's, a, it's a great read for all of you to do. So we're asking you to prayerfully consider how to be a part of this and, uh, and to turn these in. And, uh, and pray for us as we move forward. Uh, please do. And this is one thing I'll ask you to do, and then we're going to end this time, and uh, uh, we're all available. Bold prayers. Bold prayers. Prayers with expecting God to show up. Not small prayers, not if prayers, not maybe prayers, but bold prayers to say, God, you want to do something here in this area of the, of the world open up doors. And so if we pray together with expectation that God is going to do what God does best, it's going to be amazing to watch together. Uh, before I end with prayer, which is a great thing, what I want to do is if you're on our stewardship team, could you please stand just wherever you are? You knew this was coming. Hopefully you knew this was coming. Uh, look around the room. Um, these men and women, Tracy's right there, woman. Uh, uh, Bruce is back there, right, wave Bruce. There's Marce- Marcello's there, um, Steve and Ben and um, Bill. And, is that you, Bobby? Bobby's there. Uh, uh, this team is amazing, and they have brought so much leadership and wisdom and conversation uh, into this. So they're available to talk, uh, so you guys can have a seat. Our, our, if you're on our capacity team, if you could, facility team, if you guys could stand. Aaron's there. Um, there's some, there's Eric there, there's Kathy, there's, I can't see all of you, just wave. Uh, Ron, I'm like trying to block and I'm like, I'm seeing shadows. There's Joe there, Nate there, who else is back there? Larry, Kathy's back there. Did I get everyone? Uh, this team has been in a lot of conversations with Roger about facility. If you have facility ideas, space ideas, talk with this team because they are literally looking everywhere and having conversations with everyone, uh, with everyone. so please talk with them. Thanks, guys. Have a seat. And, uh, and then again, up here, uh, 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 Roger and Rob are up here. Clay and I are here available, and we just want to be here to answer any questions that you might have. Also, uh, as you have questions, please just email. Email me. Email anyone on our stewardship team, our capacity team, Clay, Roger, Rob. Uh, we want to be available um, for you uh, to give as much information as we physically can. Well, let's pray. And... Uh, Hang around as long as you want. And uh, so, Lord, I just thank you for tonight. And Lord, I really do not know what it's going to look like. But what I do know is that you know. And what I do know is that there's going to be people. So many people that right now are broken. People 
that are bitter, people that are angry at you, people that are without hope, people that have never experienced your joy, people that are sitting at home right now. That's six months from now, a year from now, 10 years from now. Are going to experience your radical grace and your unconditional love. Because people who love you and love your church and get the purpose of Renaissance are going to reach out and touch their lives. There's people right now sitting at home. And so, Lord, we just come to you with a bold prayer to say, God, you figure this out. Use us. Uh, Use us. And Lord, may we follow you every step of the way. And Lord, I ask that we don't get ahead of you. But Lord, I pray that we'll run at your pace. Because you are alive and well, working in such a magnificent way. And we're just humble, Lord, to be a part of your movement, your ecclesia. It's in your hands we place all of this, Lord. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you all for coming tonight, and uh, we're available.